This is a special Saturday edition of WBEZ's Daily Talk Show Reset. I'm Mary Dixon. Sounds from downtown Chicago last night as more than a thousand supporters of abortion rights took to the streets to protest the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. The 6-3 ruling from the court's conservative majority puts our area in the spotlight. That's because as the lights go out at abortion providers in as many as half of U.S. states, the procedure remains legal here in Illinois. Here's Governor J.B. Pritzker. Let me make this explicit and clear to women throughout our state, throughout the Midwest, and our nation. Illinois will be a safe haven for the exercise of your reproductive rights. In Illinois, Roe v. Wade is still the law. In Illinois, we will not go back. And here's Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. We do have, I think, a legitimate concern about what happens to the people that are coming here to seek um, services when they go back to their home state. Frankly, I'd make the argument, don't go back. Today on the show, we examine what the end of Roe will mean for the Chicago region and for providers who work near the border with states like Missouri and Kentucky, where trigger laws banning abortion have already gone into effect. We're also bringing your voice into the conversation. Here are just a few of the responses that started to pour into WBEZ after yesterday's ruling. The decision to overturn Roe versus Wade is just a huge mistake. This decision from the Supreme Court has woken the bear. Women will not go back. We will vote. We will organize. We will fight back against minority rule. Now is the time to volunteer for campaigns and get outside your comfort zone. You know, one thing I thought that really should be mentioned is just the different situations all of these women face. I feel our society is still divided about this issue because we are torn between the rights of women and the personhood of a fetus whose value seems to hinge on whether that baby is wanted or not. Why is everybody talking about abortion? And nobody is speaking to the adoptees who are the product of forced births and births of choice. You know, I had an abortion 20 years ago and I have a wonderful life with three beautiful children now and I think back about that abortion that I had because I was so devastated at the time but I was in a situation with domestic abuse and had I not gotten that abortion I definitely would have kept the child and I would have been tied to my abuser for the next 18 years. To start the show today, we turn to Dr. Erin King. She's the executive director of Hope Clinic in Granite City, Illinois, along the Missouri border near St. Louis. Good morning, Dr. King. Good morning. And also with us, Dr. Amy Whitaker, chief medical officer for Planned Parenthood, Illinois. Dr. Whitaker, welcome back. Thank you for having me on the show. So after a month of being in limbo, we do have the court's decision now. How is it sitting with you this morning, Dr. King? It was uh, a really hard day yesterday. I think it was not a surprise that the decision was handed down and that the decision really eliminated the protections of Roe. But I still think that we were you know, just left in a state of shock almost at our facility. We had a meeting. We all got together. And the look on the faces of not just the staff that were there, we had patients already in our office, patients who had traveled from Missouri to have an abortion in Illinois, that when they went back home that afternoon, 
abortion was no longer legal in their state. Hmm. And and what about you, Dr. Whitaker? Uh, what what's your reaction this morning waking up to this? Uh, I completely agree with Dr. King. This was not a surprise at all. We've known this is coming really for years. Uh, the in September when the court let SB8 in Texas take effect without intervening. I think it was clear that the overturn of Roe v. Wade was on the horizon. Um, the leak made us know the scope of it even more. And yet, when the news came, it it was devastating. Uh, I spent the day yesterday in meetings, talking to staff, and I, I think throughout the day, I saw more people cry at work than I ever have before. Um, it's it's really devastating, and people are feeling a lot of empathy for the patients who are going to be hurt by this decision. And Dr. King, with your clinic in southern Illinois across the Mississippi River from St. Louis, I understand that you've gotten an influx of calls. Where are they coming from? So... People would think that the influx of calls would be coming from Missouri because that's the state that's closest to us. But I want to be really clear that Missouri is almost non-existent in, excuse me, abortion is almost non-existent in Missouri mm-hmm. even prior to yesterday. So the Missouri folks already know, hey, we can't really get abortions in our own state. We got to go other places where we saw the influx of calls, the, the new calls. We saw people calling from Arkansas, Oklahoma, um, uh, Tennessee, those were the three big states we saw calls from. Hmm. We went from 175 calls the day before to over 600 yesterday. And most of those calls were patients, and most of those were calls of patients looking for other places to get appointments out of their own states. And Dr. Whitaker, um, where is Planned Parenthood of Illinois? Where do you anticipate most of the new patients to be traveling from? We expect that every uh, state on the border of Illinois is going to ban or severely uh, restrict abortion. We have seen an increase in calls from Wisconsin, uh, which uh, your story reported earlier um, from Dr. King in Wisconsin, that they had to turn patients away who were in their health centers that day for an abortion. uh, so we expect to see a large increase from Wisconsin. We expect to see an increase from Indiana as well, basically from all of the states that border and beyond. Honestly, we started seeing patients from Texas within days of SB8 going into effect. Um, so we, we do expect to see an increased volume of patients from from near and far. This is a special Saturday edition of Reset. I'm Mary Dixon. We're discussing how Illinois is now in the spotlight following the Supreme Court's decision to reverse Roe v. Wade. And with us is Dr. Erin King of Hope Clinic and Dr. Amy Whitaker of Planned Parenthood, Illinois. And we're taking your calls at 866-915-WBEZ. That's 866-915-WBEZ. Wait, wait, don't tell me. We'll be aired here on WBEZ at 11 o'clock. We do have a call with a question from... I'm Annie in Wilmette. Good morning, Annie. Hi. Um, thanks for having me. My question is whether there is talk of or existence of bans in other states to prevent women from traveling out of state, like to Illinois, to get an abortion, and if there's talk about the legality or the constitutionality of that. Um, Dr. Whitaker, Dr. King, do you have any insight into that? I know that um, 
Uh, Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul has talked about making sure that the laws protect patients who travel to Illinois. I can I can speak to that um, okay. unless you wanted to, Dr. King. Uh, no, go ahead. I I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm a doctor, but I do know that um, at this point. There has never been a case where you have been able to prosecute someone in one state for something that is illegal in your state, but not illegal in their state. And we do have a few examples of this, like cannabis laws, um, assisted suicide. Uh, so at this point, there there are no laws that, that could successfully uh, be executed in order to, to prosecute providers in the state where abortion is still legal. That said, our legal team is definitely keeping their eyes and ears open to assess risk and to see if those if those laws do pop up and what are the implications in our state. I know one thing that our uh, WBEZ public health and politics reporter Kristen Schorsch has covered is that clinics in Illinois are working to um, expand access to abortion pills. Can can one of you speak about that a little bit, maybe Dr. Whitaker? At Planned Parenthood of Illinois, over the past several years, we have expanded our access to medication abortion uh, pretty dramatically. We used to not have all of our health centers provide medication abortion, and now all 17 uh, health centers around the state provide medication abortion at Planned Parenthood of Illinois. Just last year, we started telehealth abortion, and just in April, we started uh, telehealth abortion where we can mail pills to patients who qualify to have a medication abortion without having to come into the health center. Um, so we have expanded access in that way. We expanded our gestational limit um, from several years ago, nine weeks. And then as the evidence came out that it was effective up to 11 weeks, we now provide abortion, medication abortion to 11 weeks. So we are both challenging ourselves in terms of the limits of what we can do to improve access, as well as staying up on the literature and the evidence to make sure that we are um, providing everything that is medically safe to provide. We're speaking to Dr. Aaron King and Dr. Amy Whitaker on this Saturday edition of Reset, and we're taking your calls. Uh, Sarah in Libertyville, good morning to you. Hi, Mary. Hey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's on What's on your mind this morning? Okay. What's on my mind is that this is just the first, well, actually, Miranda writes what may have been the first, but this is the biggest step on for the Supreme Court and there are the Christian nationalists who put them in, got them on the court to impose their vision of the United States on everybody. I think they're going to, it's very likely that there will be a personhood, a state personhood case that could make abortion illegal nationwide and just a slew of other things that they want to do. And one of them will be to ensure that the Republicans stay in power by um, ruling in their favor on election cases. There's a, they just agreed to take a, a Maryland GOP challenge that would, if it rules, if they rule in the GOP favor, then states would have the state legislatures would have the right to override the state Supreme Court so that they could pass laws that violate the state constitution, such as replacing a slate of electors. 
Uh, thanks for your thoughts, Sarah. Appreciate you checking in. Alex is in Bridgeport. Good morning, Alex. Good morning. Hey. Um, I was, <laughs> I was uh, calling in because I was inspired by someone who called in yesterday on Reset um, about how women who have to travel long distances to get to a place like Illinois to get an abortion, um, they need more help once they get here. They may need a bed to sleep in or um, someone to escort them to the clinic. And as a gay man, I haven't been um, personally affected by um, access to abortion, but women have always been allies to me, and I look forward to being an ally to women in the future. Well, good to hear from you today, Alex, and good to hear from you uh, in uh, Pride Weekend in Chicago. We're uh, we're doing live special coverage of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and to end the constitutional right to an abortion in the U.S., a decision that'll have major medical implications for millions of Americans and a big impact on abortion providers here in Illinois. Dr. Aaron King, an Illinois abortion provider near Missouri, where abortion is no longer legal, and we're also speaking with Dr. Amy Whitaker, Chief Medical Officer for Planned Parenthood of Illinois. And we are taking your calls at 866-915-WBEZ. So, uh, Dr. Uh, King, in anticipation of the decision, there had been calls for Governor Pritzker to allocate more money to abortion-providing clinics and for Pritzker to allow nurse practitioners to perform abortions. Mm-hmm. Would, would these be helpful to you as a provider? That the you know one of the main points of those calls to action were the, the state has done so much the legislators the governor has done so much to protect abortion access but there is always more to do to make sure that patients can get to their appointments so part of the calls were for funding for providers to assist um, patients getting to appointments so it's, you can't just add a bunch of appointments and add time in your schedule patients need help if they are traveling further and further away we know now that they need a significant amount of help whether that's with travel funds travel logistics so getting a plane flight or getting gas for their car getting a hotel room Um, we also know they might need funding for their actual medical procedures so people's insurance will not cover their procedures and so no person who's providing abortions is charging people a lot of money, but there's supplies and and things like that that the the patients need to cover. And so we do know that those calls for help from the state, um, we're not just going to stop here. We don't just say, oh, great, everything's fine. You know, access to abortion in Illinois is perfect and we're done now. I think there are a lot of other things we can do. So expanding um, abortion procedures to nurse practitioners would expand the number of access points for patients. And then, of course, expanding the funding and support for travel logistics um, for procedures would be enormously helpful for the patients within the state, as well as the patients traveling to the state. Um, As abortion providers, I mean, Illinois is a big state. It contains a lot of people with many varying opinions and, and feelings about abortion and reproductive rights. Are you concerned now with this decision coming down about the safety, uh, about your safety and the safety of your staff? And I'll start with you, Dr. Whitaker. Uh, Safety is always a concern for us. So we have a really strong uh, safety team who is routinely monitoring the chatter. We have great safety protocols uh, and we have refocused 
or increased our focus on safety and our safety team has gone to all of our health centers to review the policies we already have in place. So we haven't had to re uh, do any policies. We have strong policies in place, but we have really focused on making sure that everybody in our health centers knows those policies and that everybody is being safe and careful, managing suspicious encounters safely. So, of course, safety is a concern and we're concerned that some of the protesters who are now in other states where it's going to be illegal will come to Illinois and we will respond appropriately and maintaining the safety of our patients and our staff is one of our absolutely number one priorities. We do have a question that that we'd like uh, both of you to to hear and maybe respond to. Sarah in Naperville with a question for the doctors. Hi there, Sarah. Hi. Uh, and what is your question? So it's, I guess what I thank you first off for everything you guys are doing. I'm more wondering, do any, are you comfortable talking about any of the stories of the patients who have come in to get an abortion? Because I feel like that gets, there's like this assumption that people are just being blase fair about getting abortions and they're not, you know, taking, they're not weighing it heavily. It's almost like there seems to be this belief that people just use it as like a, a last resort or like a, I'm copping out on being a mom when there's probably all kinds of horrific stories that play into and maybe just deeply personal stories that make people come in and get abortions where it's really hard for them to make that decision and somehow that's just being forgotten about by the pro-life side. That seems to be so, you know, that this just must be taken away. Dr. King, Dr. Whitaker, you care to comment? And thank you, yeah, Sarah, can... for checking in with that. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, for lifting up the voices of the, the patients, for sure. I think I always tell people, if you could just spend 10 minutes in my job listening to patients and why they are there i can't even go into a list of reasons that people have an abortion but it is any reason that you could possibly think of but i have been i'm a physician i work directly with the patients i've been doing this for over 11 years being a reproductive health provider providing abortions i have never met a patient that just says i'm entering into this lightly they never just like oh i think today maybe i'm going to go get an abortion these are these are people, really smart people, who have put a lot of thought into what is best for their lives, for their family, for maybe a medical condition they have, maybe a medical condition their, uh, their, their pregnancy has. There's just a million reasons. You can't even go to a list. I can tell you definitely stories of patients who travel blocks. They live, they live a couple blocks away from our facility at Hope Clinic in Granite City, Illinois. Mm -hmm. I can tell you stories of patients who have flown in from Dallas to see us, take the abortion pill with us, have their abortion in Illinois, and then fly back to Dallas the next day. So there's you know people coming from all over the country for all different reasons. But the main thing is that people know themselves. They know the families that they have, and they know when they can have a, a, a child and parents and when they cannot. And they make those safe decisions for themselves with their partners, with their doctors, with their communities. And there's no place for anyone else to be making those decisions for them. Dr. King, um, how can this decision, how might it affect the wait times for people at your clinic well, historically, we've been able to offer appointments as quickly as possible, sometimes the same day or the next day. 
What we're seeing so far it already since yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I checked in with our front desk staff. And for some of the appointment types that we have, we are already more than a week out for booking. Now, we're trying to add that conversation was to try to add more appointment slots in because when people need life-saving critical health care, they need it right then. They don't need it a week or two later. But the reality is we can't add just unlimited appointments. So we will see these appointment times go further and further out for sure. And Dr. Whitaker, um, we know from state data in 2020 that 10,000 people came to Illinois for an abortion. That's the latest year on record. How many more patients do you anticipate coming to Illinois now that the uh, the Dobbs decision has been made official? We have been anticipating a surge for a long time. We expect the surge to be about two to five times as many patients as we're currently seeing. And that represents 20 to 30,000 additional out-of-state patients every year. And one thing I really want to point out is that a lot of patients don't have the resources and opportunity to travel for an abortion. So, of course, Dr. King and I and all of uh, Planned Parenthood of Illinois and all of the independent providers in the state of Illinois are going to do everything for the patients who manage to make it to Illinois, but not everybody has the resources to make it here. Patients who are already facing these immense barriers to health care are much likely to be further harmed by restrictive state laws and outright outright bans. So black women, Latinx women, indigenous folks, disabled people, people in rural areas, young people, immigrants, low-income women who are already having difficulty making ends meet, those are the people who are really going to be most hurt by these bans and who may not be able to make it to a safe haven like Illinois. Uh, Dr. King, what do you want your patients in Illinois to know today? Right. I want patients to know in Illinois, but also across the country, that abortion is still legal in many parts of the country. There are resources available to, first of all, find an access point for you that's as close to you as possible to your community. And there are multiple organizations working to try to help you get to that appointment. Just like Dr. Whitaker said, we cannot obviously reach every single person, but getting the information to people that those resources are there are the first steps so that we can try to help the people who particularly may not have the resources or don't know how to connect with them to connect and get to these appointments, get to these access points, which we are trying really hard to build as many across the state as possible. And Dr. Whitaker, anything that you'd like to say, say either to patients locally or out of state? I agree 100% with Dr. King. I want to say that we will take care of you when you make it to Illinois and that there are resources for you to travel and to help you get hotel and uh, child care, et cetera, that there are a lot of people working to have the backs of patients who need to travel for care and the resources are out there, please try to get them. And then when you do make it to a safe haven like Illinois, there are a lot of providers who are going to be happy to take care of you. We've been speaking with Dr. Amy Whitaker, Chief Medical Officer of Planned Parenthood of Illinois, an abortion provider in Chicago, and Dr. Aaron King, Executive Director of Hope Clinic in Granite City, Illinois. Thank you both for being with us today. 
This is a Saturday edition of Reset. I'm Mary Dixon. We're bringing you live special coverage today as we continue our discussion about the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. We just heard from the head of Planned Parenthood, Illinois, and an abortion provider at a medical clinic on the Illinois-Missouri border. And we continue to hear from you. There will be a lot of pregnant people coming from out of state. If you are unsure of where you want to go as a nurse, this is where we need to be right now. This is where they need us. Know that there are real and lasting repercussions to the unwanted children from these unwanted pregnancies. We are born as one person's problem and given away in an industry that paints us as the miraculous answer to another person's problem. If you're going to require a woman to carry an unwanted pregnancy, then you better damn well require the man to pay the child support for that child for 18 years. There's not a mention anywhere about men's responsibility in this whole thing. Every child deserves to be born into a loving, welcoming home. For the unwanted children, that doesn't happen. And it's very, very sad and it affects the rest of their life. Let's talk to another person who helps people access abortions in Illinois. Christy Uchida is a volunteer host at the Midwest Access Coalition. The organization provides accommodation and support to those who travel to, from, and within the Midwest to access a safe legal abortion. Welcome to the show, Christy. Hi, Mary. So, Christy, uh, I would like to know what's going through your head now a day after the Supreme Court overturned Roe. Yes, it was expected, but still a shock. Um, it's just terrible to think that, um, you know, a law that passed uh, shortly after I was born, um, I was born in 71, the law passed in 73, and now I have teenage nieces, um, you know, that I will the only generation to have bodily autonomy is unbelievable. And what kind of conversations have you been having with uh, people at the Midwest Access Coalition? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we uh, know that there will be increased need um, and increased number of people traveling to Illinois. So the Midwest Access Coalition is a practical abortion fund. Um, you're hearing a lot about abortion funds now, which is great. These are the types of nonprofits that support um, people on the ground. Uh, some of them provide cash, uh, but uh, others like MAC, Midwest Access Coalition, provide practical support. So transportation, housing, child care. Uh, those kinds of things. Um, so we know we're going to see an increase in demand here in Illinois. Um, what does a volunteer host do? Mm-hmm. So I've been providing um, a room in my apartment for uh, people who need to travel to Illinois for abortions for one to three nights at a time. Sometimes they come alone, sometimes they come with a partner, um, and they can um, I live close to one of the independent clinics in the city, and, uh, you know, they've traveled so far already. Um, Hopefully, you know, it's a quick trip just to get to and from the clinic. Sometimes they need to go multiple days in a row. And uh, so they can just stay uh, with me while they're here in town. And our, our last two guests, the abortion providers in Granite City and Planned Parenthood, Illinois, they say that we could see tens of thousands more people coming to Illinois um, seeking abortions as their right to an abortion disappears in around half of U.S. states. And Tanya Atkinson, the head of Planned Parenthood in Wisconsin, had this to say yesterday. When the ruling came down, we had to go out to those individuals who were in our waiting room and say, we're so sorry that decision that you made for yourself, for your family, for your future, 
is no longer your decision to make here in Wisconsin. And we had to work with patients to ensure that they had appointments in other states where access to safe and legal abortion is available. Now, she talks about a waiting room full of patients that they had to help find appointments in other states for, and Illinois, probably one of them. Are you ready to to receive potentially tens of thousands more people coming to Illinois? Um, Well, it is devastating to hear um, that they had to turn away people from the clinic, and I was encouraged to hear, um, you know, the doctors from the Hope Clinic and from Planned Parenthood in Illinois saying they are staffing up and they are anticipating this influx. Um, yes, I mean, when people ask what they could do, um, a big thing actually is to donate money because, um, it, it, yes, we need housing and those kinds of things, but um, the way that we will handle this influx is by um, building the capacity of the organizations who are already here. Um, so, yes, I mean, it, it will be challenging to accommodate all those additional people, for sure. Um, we have a caller, Steve, in Lincoln Park, and he has a question that you might be able to help out with, Christy. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm eager to hear your question. Yeah. Um, where can we volunteer uh, to answer phones or, or help women get to these access points to get their abortions in Illinois? Uh, Christy, do you have a, an answer for Steve? The impulse is fantastic. Thank you so much, Steve. Um, and there are a number of organizations like MAC um, that are mostly volunteer run. So volunteers are essential. Um but what's a little hard in this moment is to absorb the capacity of all the folks who want to um, take action. Um, so that's why I'm a little bit steering folks to think about how you can raise money. Can you host a house party? Can you, um, you know, uh, do a screening of that new Jane movie that's on Netflix? Um, you know, I think those are the kinds of things that people can really tangible, helpful things right now. Um, it's pretty hard to spin up volunteers quickly. Uh, There's training that's required, um, and just the existing staff of the organizations are really tapped out right now. Um, I know that some companies, big ones like Dick's Sporting Goods and Meta, uh, what we used to call Facebook, they are going to provide employees funds to seek abortion care in other states if they live somewhere that does not have a right to an abortion. And I'm, I'm thinking about the women who don't work at a big company with a policy like that and what, what they might might need to, to get the care that they need. Um, have you had any discussions about that? Mm-hmm. Right. So there are um, lots of abortion, like the Chicago Abortion Fund, CAF, that do provide cash for people who need um, that need financial support to access an abortion. Um, there are resources on websites like INeedNA.org um, that people can go to to find their nearest clinic, find waiting times, um, get resources, that kind of thing. Uh, but I mean. Thankfully, there are some companies like Dick's, like Meta, um, that will provide cash because then when people need to travel, they can afford the airfare, they can stay in a hotel, they can um, handle those expenses uh, because that is a huge barrier for a lot of women, a lot of people. Christy Uchida, it sounds like you are um, working directly with people who are Mm -hmm. in the process of getting abortions. What have you learned from some of your, your house guests? 
Yes, I mean, they're just vastly diverse from, you know, kind of a lot of different walks of life. Everything from, you know, a young couple who came from Minnesota who had a fetal anomaly. Um, They had an older child and really wanted additional children, um, but uh, couldn't carry this pregnancy to term. Um, Also, you know... um, Young, a young woman who came with a partner who they obviously didn't know each other very well, but he was trying to support her, and um, she was really the person in charge and um, had to, you know, she drove them and had to, you know, navigate everything. Um, so, I mean, but also, you know, a middle-aged woman from downstate who came on her own. She had a teenage child and didn't um, want any more, and she didn't want her partner to come with her. It was something she wanted to do on her own. I mean, just a huge range of experiences um, and, uh, you know, and I've learned a ton from the clients that I've hosted in my home. I'm curious, Christy, what motivated you to open your home to total strangers to help them in this, in this, you know, pretty intense time in their lives? Mm -hmm. Well, I've had an abortion myself and I felt very fortunate to have had all the resources I needed, you know, financial and emotional and um, a job that allowed me time off and those things so that I could easily access an abortion here in Chicago when I needed one. And I want to pay it forward and try to uh, support, you know, other pregnant people now. And um, before we let you go, what would you say to people who are feeling scared or confused right now because of the Supreme Court's decision? I understand. I feel the same. Um, but hopefully taking some action is a way to regain our agency. Um, and so these impulses, you know, to march and to protest and but to donate and to volunteer, that's the kind of thing that's going to get us. And to vote, <laughs> that's what we need to be doing right now. Um, one more question. We have been talking about um, how people with fewer resources are having a harder time getting abortions. Can you speak about some of the hidden costs of getting an abortion? Oh, sure. I mean, time off of work, um, you know, often isn't allowed. Of course, um, the majority of people who need abortions also have older children. And so child care is a huge um, expense. Uh, and then, of course, the transportation, I mean, there's food, there's medication, there's, um, you know, just so many expenses. Um, and, you know, a lot uh, low-income people disproportionately need abortions. So, um, you know, this uh, change to Roe is going to really impact um, low-income people disproportionately. Christy Uchida, a volunteer host at the Midwest Access Coalition, thank you so much for your time this morning, Christy. Thank you, Mary. And we are taking your calls this morning on this special edition of Reset on WBEZ. Uh, Let's talk to Ed in Lyons. Good morning, Ed. Good morning. I'd just like to say as horrendous and huge that the decision is for women, uh, I think uh, everybody should be concerned that this is also a uh, decision that has taken away our rights to privacy. I'm seeing many articles about women's online data can be used against them when they're trying to access abortion uh, uh, clinics around the, around the country and also just our rights to privacy in the future. Um, how, you know, what's preventing the Supreme Court to say that, well, you know, you gave your right to privacy away in this decision so we can take it away here. This is a dark road. 
Th- thank you for that comment, Ed. Yeah, if you read uh, Justice Clarence Thomas's uh, his concurrence on the Dobbs opinion, he does touch touch on right to privacy, um, right to marriage equality. Uh, those are things that Justice Thomas would like to revisit. Another caller on the line, Andrea on the near north side. Good morning, Andrea. Oh, hi. Yes, thanks for um, taking my call. I really just wanted to say I'm 60 and for 25 years, it was my burden to protect myself from getting pregnant. I was prescribed medication, you know, I met repeatedly with OBGYNs, and this is a complete outrage. Clearly, Donald Trump was setting, you know, mandated this, um, made it occur. And wh- what about men? Like, I don't know any men who were ever prescribed drugs to prevent pregnancy. And I think that's, you know, just a tremendous outrage. Good morning. I'm Mary Dixon, and this is Reset, coming to you live on a Saturday as we continue to discuss how the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade will impact our area. As part of that conversation, we've made it a priority to listen to you. The Supreme Court that only has a 27% confidence rating now is saying that they're competent, but the court that had a high rating 50 years ago was incompetent, both making a decision on the same issue of justice in the Constitution. For so many of my friends who, as they move down the ballot, write off or don't mark on the judicial elections because they don't think they're important to them, we need to be really paying attention to our judiciary candidates as they bubble up onto higher positions. It would only be fair that the Supreme Court justices were elected by popular vote for a period of four years. I mean, what's the point of just joining together and everybody going home and nothing happening after these protests? What is the point? We need to do more than just show up, chant some words, and then everybody goes home and we move on with our lives. The men and a few women who make these decisions based on a, their own narrow religious worldview, um, they all have women in their lives who've had abortions, sisters, daughters, mothers, friends, close colleagues. You know, they all know someone who's, who's had an abortion, but they're so judgmental. They're so close-minded. If you're opposed to abortion, simply don't have one, but don't impose that belief on me. Joining us now, another voice from Chicago, Jaren Stroder. She's a community educator in South Shore. Welcome to Reset, Jaren. Hi, how are you? Hey, I'm I'm thinking that we heard all of these listeners who called in about what they're thinking when this ruling came down. What was going through your mind, Jaren, as you processed this news? Uh, I honestly just couldn't believe it. Um, I know that there that we started hearing this conversation more and more what about a month or two ago and i kind of just said to myself okay i know that they're threatening this but this this isn't going to happen and so the fact that it's happening i'm just like oh my goodness um it's a lot to take in it's a lot to process it is and you know abortion is such a divisive issue and i understand that you see it as more gray than black or white can you can you explain that I am very much pro everyone should get to choose what they do with their body. Uh, Abortion, for me, I don't think it's that black and white in that sometimes people do abortions for 
medical reason. Literally, it's like the embryo versus the mother. Uh, people do abortions or have abortions because of uh, their space in the poverty level or um, where they, you know, what they can afford. And, and then sometimes people uh, have abortions because of, um, you know, violent acts have been done to them. Like there's so mm-hmm. many different things that are that happen that go into why you would consider having an abortion. And it's such a case-by-case and personal basis. I don't think that uh, our wombs should be up for discussion by legislation. We've heard from many people this morning and yesterday saying that rights have been taken away from women. How do you see it? I see it that, uh, I see it as, rights have been taken away from women. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I see it as, it is a human right to be able to choose what you want to do, what you need to do with your body. And, yes, specifically, that is something that is uh, for women, what women deal with. But I, I think that it's even bigger than that. It's that we are telling people um, what can and can't happen. And if we start with the, the, the womb and creation, where does it go from there? How How much more... Uh, can be taken away. Um, Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson will join the court after the summer recess, but the makeup of the court who made this decision, it's mostly white. It includes three women, one of whom is Latina. There is one black man on the court. How does it sit with you that these nine individuals have made this decision for millions of Americans? I was having a conversation earlier that I I just don't think uh, this case or a lot of cases really do show what America actually looks like as a whole. I think that it is um, not a good depiction of of who we are and what we are. And I think that this is how legislation like this uh, get passed or taken away because it is not a great representation of of the majority of us. Jaron, how do you think that the Dobbs decision will affect black maternal health? So I was saying that it is already a very serious issue that black women that are just trying to have natural birth are still, our mortality rate for for us and the baby, uh, it's been a huge issue since the span of time. And especially the the fact that it's such a thing uh, in 2022 is alarming. So the idea that now when you are attempting to terminate a pregnancy for whatever reason, I, I just think that the safety behind that uh, when it's illegal is so much more of a risk. As a black woman, it's, it's something that is very um, important and concerning to me. And, you know, some of our listeners have been calling to talk about how they're going to act or get involved in this struggle now that abortion is no longer protected by the Constitution. Jaron, you're already working in your community in South Shore. What do you see as being the next step for you? I think it's intentional sometimes that we do not have the advocacy conversations because if more things are said and known ahead of time, we the people might have more access to change. And so a big thing for me is to inform people and to further inform myself 
and then to create kind of boots on the ground, what needs to happen next in order to make sure that uh, this legislation, but also others, either are not passed or better things are put, <clears throat> sorry, better restraints are put into place so that our not only uh, womb and maternal health, but our human rights are not taken away. It's like when you start here, where, how much further will they go? And so what are you saying to, to the people who are listening now, to the people in cu- your community who are feeling scared and angry about the news? Well, I will actually say to keep your head up. This and many other things are happening in the world, um, in, in our city, in our, in our states, in the world. And I do um, feel very strongly about each issue that we are dealing with, but I do want people to know that this, just like every other thing, uh, will still, it, it will pass as in we will get through this together. We can figure out uh, what we need to do, and we can just understand what is happening around us and know that we have to stay much more informed, much more aware, and ready to do the things that uh, need to be done to make sure that we are safe uh, as humans, we are safe as women, and that we're creating a better world for our children and, uh, you know, for years to come. Keep your head up. South Shore Community Educator Jaron Stroder with some good advice for everyone on any given day. Jaron, thanks for your time today. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, This is 91.5 WBEZ, a special Saturday edition of Reset. Wait, wait, don't tell me. We'll come up after 11 o'clock. And we are taking a few more of your calls about the major development, the Supreme Court striking down Roe v. Wade. Ruth in Uptown is on the phone. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Uh, What are you thinking today? I'm concerned about the timeline used in varying definitions of conception versus emergency contraception. Um, I've heard that uh, a spermazoa with an X chromosome is heavier than one with a Y chromosome, and it takes up to a day longer to reach the egg. So, but I'm also hearing, oh, life begins at conception. Well, scientifically, no, it doesn't. There's there's a good window there, um, and that's my concern that they're going to take away Plan B and stuff like that and leave even fewer options for people. That's a that's an interesting point. Uh, thank you, Ruth, in Uptown for calling. And Ursula in Portage, Indiana, is on the line. Hey there, Ursula. What's on your mind today? Well, I was horrified. Of course, I was horrified the day before when they said people could carry guns around in their pocket, and there was nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm horrified with what the Supreme Court has been up to. <clears throat> I myself have six children before the age of 29. Mm. I love them dearly. And I, and, and, and a few of them were conceived <laughs> using <laughs> the methods uh, that were in vogue at that time. Sure. I'm 88 years old, and I'm now legally blind. So all I can tell your audience is that this is one of the most horrendous things I have ever, ever experienced. I don't know where we're going with this, but it's certainly back to the olden days. We cannot, we cannot permit politicians to tell us what we can do with our bodies. 
I mean, this this could go on. There are <laughs> there are many other things. What if they decide, okay, our population is too low now. Maybe we've uh, been shooting each other too quickly. <laughs> so our population is so low that we want all of you young women up to become pregnant. Now, is that in there? Can, uh, maybe they think they can do something like that, too. Ursula, uh, 88 years old, the OG caller for today. Appreciate your insight and appreciate you calling in today. That's it for this special Saturday edition of Reset. If you turned on the radio to hear Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, don't worry. Peter and the gang are coming up next. Please stay with us. If you're new to Reset, you can listen to the show every weekday from 11 to 1 or anytime at wbez.org slash reset. Monday on the program, Sasha Ann Simons is back. She'll check in with reporters from bordering states with abortion ban trigger laws. We'll hear from Wisconsin, where Planned Parenthood stopped providing abortions yesterday due to a state law that makes it a felony. Plus, what the Supreme Court's decision means for the 2022 midterm elections. Don't forget, primary day in Illinois is this Tuesday, June 28th. I'm Mary Dixon. Thanks for spending the last hour with us. Let's talk again soon.